Welcome to Conquering Our Unseen Enemies. In this podcast, we help believers develop spiritual discernment. I am your host, Don Simmons, author, speaker, and YouTube host of Life Journey with Don Simmons. My purpose here is to explain Satan's strategies and how his kingdom functions to better equip you in reducing conflict, chaos, and ultimately eliminate Satan's influence in your life. These are life-changing conversations. We'll get started with this week's message in just a few moments. But first I want to ask you, would you like to know more about biblical history or historic and biblical places? Visit my YouTube channel, Life Journey with Don Simmons, to watch and learn about travels in historic areas discussed in the Bible. Come with us as we explore ancient places and share cultural background and influences on early Christianity. We will take you places where Paul wrote and shared the gospel. That's Life Journey with Don Simmons on YouTube. Welcome back to Conquering Our Unseen Enemies. I am your host, Don Simmons, and today I want to address some questions that will also serve to clarify some misconceptions. So, we will be discussing what is a demon, what is a believer, can believers be demon-possessed, is casting out demons real, and can we really cast out or evict demons the way Jesus did? What authority do we have to tell evicted demons where to go? And can we evict demons and non-believers? All right, let's get started and kick it off with what is a demon? A demon is a spirit, a person without a body, otherwise called disembodied. Generally speaking, we cannot see demons but they can choose to make themselves visible as both darkness and disguise themselves as an angel of light. There are instances where they can be seen by individuals who have been given the gift to see in the spirit realm. They're called seers, but also at times the Holy Spirit will allow you to see a demon spirit if necessary. Demons are in Satan's hierarchy and have roles and ranks. Demons need a place to indwell, and they prefer humans, but they will take an animal. An example of this is in Matthew eight twenty nine, when Jesus casts out the demons from the two demon-possessed men and permits the demons to enter a herd of pigs. When a demon indwells in a person, it considers that person to be its house. Jesus gives us a picture of this in Matthew 12, um, 43 and 44. When an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through arid and dry places, seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. I'm reading out of NIV. That's you throughout this podcast. I probably primarily what I'll use. It's just what I grew up with. A demon is a spiritual enemy 
of all believers, but also of humanity in general. Their objective is to keep people from knowing Jesus as their Savior. If you already are a believer, then they want to keep you from knowing your authority and being effective. The way they achieve their objective is through tempting, deceiving, accusing, condemning, pressuring, defiling, resisting, opposing, controlling, stealing, afflicting, killing, and destroying. I'm sure there's some I missed. Jesus told us in John 10.10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Mark 9.17 tells us, it you know, gives us an example of a man who brings his son to Jesus because a demon has taken away the child's ability to speak. Luke 4.33 gives us another example of demonic activity of a man who was possessed by an impure spirit and the demons began to cry out at the sight of Jesus, go away, what do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Jesus of Nazareth, have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. That same event is given to us in Mark one twenty three. And and Mark 5, 2 gives us a picture of a demon-possessed man that was incredibly violent and would not only harm others, but would cut himself, which is something we see today as well. Demons have characteristics that identify their role in the kingdom of Satan. So the characteristic also identifies their name. For example, someone who has addiction issues may have an indwelling of a demon named addiction. So their name corresponds to their role or their job. And we will break down these demon names more on our episode discussing demon groupings and even further when we talk about specific groupings. Now we need to clarify here, when I refer to a believer, what I am specifically saying, a believer is someone who has accepted Jesus as their savior. Someone who believes that Jesus is the Son of God, who died for their sins, was resurrected, and ascended back into heaven, and is at the right hand of God. A believer is someone who has repented of their sins and is faithful and committed to serve Jesus. I don't particularly like to use the term Christian because many religious groups refer to themselves as Christians, but are not believers. For what we are discussing in this podcast, the distinction is necessary and requires a clarification. Our authority comes from Jesus. So someone who is a Christian or calls themselves a Christian, but not a believer in Jesus will not have the authority. We discussed that in episode one, but the scriptural reference for that is Mark 16, 17, which states, in my name, they will drive out demons. Luke 9, 1 reveals, when Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons. And Matthew 10, 1, where Jesus gave his authority to drive out impure spirits. Okay, so I just want to make that that point, the difference, you know, in my podcast, what I'm talking about with regard to believers. So, okay, let's move on to the next question. 
can believers be demon-possessed? So most people will answer this question, no, which is correct. Once we belong to Christ, we cannot be possessed by Satan as we belong to Jesus because Satan does not have the legal right to possess. However, what isn't well understood or accepted is that believers can be demonized. So believers can have demons indwell to demonize them and not realize that is what's happening. So again, Matthew 12, 43 addresses the fact that demons indwell in a person. So once we get to a mindset where we don't defend our house, we are allowing the demons to work unchallenged against us. I would say if you ask anyone sitting in church today if they have any demons they need to be cast out, after you got past the looks of <laughs> insult, you would hear a resounding no. In reality, the answer should be yes, please, and thank you. We all have, at one time or another, demons that are working against us, demonizing us. So sometimes over little nitpicky things and sometimes over big sins we are carrying in our lives. It's not something to be embarrassed about. It's reality. If we look at the delivery ministry of Jesus, he didn't just cast out demons for those people, the ones we shun in public. He addressed demons in the lives of everyday people. For years, I used to wonder why Jesus had such an active deliverance ministry, and yet we don't see active delivery deliverance ministries like that today. So, you know, I used to question, you know, were demons more prevalent in ancient days? And the truth is that we have the same demons today that they had when Jesus walked the earth, but today we are more willing to embrace them, hide behind them, or not bother to address them at all. There are people active in deliverance ministry, but we are more likely to cast the deliverance minister out of our lives than the demons. So at some point, you may hear me use the word evict instead of cast out. I prefer evict because it better defines for us what needs to happen. To evict somebody is to force them to leave a place, you know, supported by law. Cast out is more to exclude someone from a group or place. So we need to go into it with the idea of forcing out those demons with the message and don't come back. Okay, so when you hear me use evict, I'm using it really to, to bring that message back. So now let's move on to the next question. Is casting out demons real? And can we really cast out or evict demons the way Jesus did? Casting out demons is very real, but generally not as crazy and dramatic as the movies make it out to be. The Holy Spirit is always in control. So you need to make sure you are yielding to the Holy Spirit, speaking to whether we too can evict the same way Jesus did. We'll refer back to Matthew 10, 1, where Jesus gave his authority 
to drive out impure spirits. In Mark 16, 7, which states, in my name, they will drive out demons. So we have the authority and the responsibility to evict those demons in the name of Jesus. Paul gives us a really good example in Acts 16, 16, when he's on one of his missionary journeys and he's staying in Philippi. And he was being followed around by a woman who practiced divination. She followed him for a time before the Holy Spirit directed him to say, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to depart from her. And this led to uh, the beginning of a number of problems for Paul and Silas, which is, that's not our focus in this episode, but understand that Paul doing that took incredible faith and courage. So we can be just as effective as Jesus was, and in some ways more so, because he was only with us for a short time. Now, if you are interested in learning more about the history behind the the type of demon that Paul evicted, I did a video on this on my YouTube channel. I visited uh, Delphi, and it's uh, the YouTube channel is Life Journey with Don Simmons, and it's in Delphi, Greece, and I share that visit and explain what Paul was addressing. The video is titled, How Delphi Shaped the History of the World. Okay, next question. What authority do we have to tell evicted demons where to go? So the short answer to this is very little. So let me explain what the Bible reveals to us about this issue. So there is a set time and place for when demons are sent to be tormented. Only God knows the set time. In Matthew 8, we see several instances of Jesus evicting demons and healing people. This chapter is full of miracles. He also calms the storm here. It's just a magnificent chapter. But if we look closer at 8.29, verse 29, where Jesus encounters two demon-possessed men who were cast, they were, they were cast out of their community. They were living in these tombs. So they were set apart already in the natural. In this particular case, the demons caused these men to be violent. So starting with verse 28, when he, Jesus, arrived at the other side of the region of Gadarenes, two demon-possessed men coming from the tombs met him. They were so violent that no one could pass that way. What do you want with us, son of God? They shouted. So these demons recognized Jesus. Have you come here to torture us before the appointed time? The book of Revelation explains what that appointed time will be like. But from this, we see that there is an appointed time at which these demons will no longer be allowed to torment you and I. So let's go back now and take a look at how Jesus responds Some distance from them, a large herd of pigs was feeding. The demons begged Jesus, If you drive us out, send us into the herd of pigs. He said, Go. So they came out and went into the pigs, and the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the lank and died in the water. Now this story really used to puzzle me. It it used to stay with me, I mean, since I was a kid, really. Because I'm an animal lover, and so I'm thinking these poor innocent pigs were living their life, 
doing what pigs were supposed to be doing, and then, bam, they're dead. And and pretty violent death, in my opinion. So I get stuck on that point and miss the other points that are revealed here. So first, we see Jesus took care of these two men and evicted the demons. So the 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 livelihood and the 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 quality of life and the freedom for these two men were paramount to him. Second, the demons tried to talk and stall the inevitable. Third, the demons tried to negotiate and Jesus actually let them. Fourth, when the demons left, they transferred themselves to pigs because pigs are better than nothing. The demons claim not allowing them to make that transfer qualified as premature torture for them. Fifth, a herd of pigs reveals the number of demons was, uh, you know, a lot. You know, it wasn't like one or two. And if we, if you read the same account of the story in Mark, it actually reveals the number of demons was was two thousand. So six. Jesus surely knew that the end result with the pigs, he had to have known that that's what was going to happen. Seventh, even the pigs did not want these demons. You know, they were scared and they chose to end their life, you know, rather than have these, these demons. Cause you got to know the pigs knew going over that, what was going to happen. That pigs are kind of, you know, they're kind of smart animals. And, and animals sense demons better than, than most humans do. So whether logic was applied, I, I don't know, but it's something, something made these pigs run. And that was a natural reaction to a huge group of, of demons, demons running at you. I mean, that's, that's probably what, what, what I would have done if, if I were one of those pigs. But, um, eight demons were permitted to go into the pigs for the benefit of the men being tortured. So, you know, they were saying it's not our time to torture and rather than leave them with these men, Jesus was willing to, you know, basically have all these pigs be lost rather than have these men continue to be tortured. And and lastly, because the demons are unclean, Jesus confirmed that to us by allowing them to transfer into these pigs, which were considered unclean animals by Jewish law. And that's what was being practiced at the time, though not necessarily in this region, but, you know, at the time, that's how those pigs would have been um, looked at. So now back to that original question. So we cannot in our authority send demons to hell. We can command them to leave, but unless the Holy Spirit tells you something specific to say at that time, then we can't tell them where they should go. We just, we could just evict them. Okay. So this is our, 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 our last question to kind of go over. And we want to talk about, can we evict demons and non-believers? And the answer here technically is yes, but there's a but of course. And let me explain how that would have to happen. And we touched on this earlier, but the issue really comes down to legal rights. When we accept Jesus as our Savior, 
and become a member of the kingdom of God, we belong to Jesus. We talked about that in episode one. Legally, then Satan cannot stay with us if we use our authority and command him to leave. So we are responsible to keep our house clean. So in a situation where the person requesting the demons be evicted, if they're not a believer, then the eviction, they can't do it themselves. Um, So the eviction must be done by someone who does have that authority, which means it has to be a believer. And as long as the non-believer explicitly states they want this demon gone, then the demon has to leave once it's directed to do so by someone who does have that authority. So really the question then becomes one of whether it should be done. Because someone who has not accepted Jesus does not have access to that legal right of protection that we receive from Jesus. So if that non-believer then is not equipped with authority to keep the demons out once they're on their own a day later, a week later, or a year later, it's really setting someone up for a Matthew 12 chapter 12, verse 44 scenario. And it's it's not really what we should be doing. So the better approach is to lead that person to the saving grace of Jesus first, and then address the issue of the demons that need to be evicted. So just don't forget that, you know, a new believer you know, once you do that, let's say you, you, you have somebody that's in that situation and, and you, they, they receive Jesus, a new believer, they they still need support until they can stand on their own. And so a believer will still need to kind of stand in the gap for that person. And there's not many new believers that will know how to fight off demons. And they're still learning what the Bible is. And, you know, they don't know that much about the Holy Spirit. They may not, you know, hear the Holy Spirit yet. So, when we talk about evicting demons and non-believers, it's not that it can't be done. It's it's really just what's the right thing to do for that person so that ultimately you're not putting them in a worse position than before they came and talked to you and you, you know, you did an eviction. You know, you, we, we just don't want to put people in a position they can't handle. So, And then they might even not recognize. So anyhow, those are the questions I wanted to kind of address because again, every week we're building and those start to kind of take some of the, the basic questions about demons and, and the issue of believers versus non-believers and evictions. So I want to make sure again, we all are starting from the same place as we start to build and really discuss demons, spiritual warfare, and, and how they attack us and those types of things. So again, every episode, we're going to recap the main points. And these are the things that we want to make sure that we're, we're taking away from the episode. So first is demons are disembodied spiritual persons who are a part of the kingdom of Satan they have characteristics that reveal their role in their warfare against us. Because whether we choose to use the word warfare, some people um, get a little 
anxious about that, it's that's what's happening. You know, what they're doing to us is warfare. Uh, next point, we need to clarify here when I refer to a believer, what I'm specifically saying, a believer is someone who has accepted Jesus as their savior, someone who believes that Jesus is the son of God who died for their sins, was resurrected and ascended back into heaven at the right hand of God. Next point, believers cannot be demon possessed because we have salvation in Jesus and therefore legally in the spirit realm, the legal spirit realm, we cannot be possessed by something or something not of, of God. Believers can be demonized and we can be indwelt though. Okay. Next point, casting out or evicting demons is very real. The Holy Spirit is always in control. So we need to make sure that we're yielding to the Holy Spirit in these situations. We have very little authority to tell evicted demons where to go, but the Holy Spirit at that time may give us some specific instructions, so we need to always be listening. Um, Finally, demons can be evicted in non-believers, but it's not really the best long-term solution. It's better to bring that person to salvation first and then do the eviction or the casting out if that's the verbiage you prefer. So those are the points I wanted to make. So what we encourage you is to have an active Bible reading plan because that will be very helpful in gaining wisdom and understanding. And it's required if you're going to develop that gift of spiritual discernment. Also, Watch that video on my YouTube channel, Life Journey with Don Simmons, for additional background on the demon of divination that Paul was addressing when he was in Philippi. And the, the episode is called How Delphi Shaped the World. I look forward to talking to you again on our next episode, which is on poltergeists. So talk to you soon. That is all we have for this week's episode of Conquering Our Unseen Enemies. I hope you enjoyed your time with me, and I would kindly ask you to rate our show and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Conquering Our Unseen Enemies. Now, if you have a story or a question you want to share, please email me at contact at conquering ourunseenenemies.com. We do not need to use your name. And finally, please share this podcast with anyone you think might need it and enjoy it. So until next time, remember, the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy. But we can give him an eviction notice. <laughs>